0: Like play a peace title. Oh Lord, don't let them drop that atomic bomb on me.
1: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Wednesday Night Prayer Meeting, a podcast about the history of jazz told from the perspective of someone who's been piecing it together one record at a time over the course of 20-odd years digging through record bins. From Hermosa Beach, California, I'm your host, Frank, and that was Oh Lord, Don't Let Them Drop That Atomic Bomb on Me from the album Oh Yeah by Charles Mingus with Mingus on piano and singing, Rush on Roland Kirk on his usual odd assortment of instruments, Booker Urban on tenor, Jimmy Nepper on trombone, Doug Watkins on bass, and Danny Richmond on drums. This week's episode is another installment in my series on Charles Mingus, focusing on a period that I think of as the beginning of his maturity as an artist and band leader, covering from 1957 till about 1962. There are a couple of things that I think contributed to important advances, that Mingus made in his style, but I think the most important is his frequent use of larger bands, which was developed in the jazz workshops that he put together when he moved out to New York. Mingus describes the method of composing for the workshops in the liner notes to Mingus Ah Um. My present working methods use very little written material. I write compositions on mental score paper, then I lay out the compositions part by part to the musicians. I play them the framework on piano so that they're all familiar with my interpretation and feeling, and with the scale and chord progressions to be used. Each man's particular style is taken into consideration. They are given different rows of notes to use against each chord, but they choose their own notes and play them in their own style, from scales as well as chords, except where a particular mood is indicated. In this way I can keep my own compositional flavor in the pieces, and yet allow the musicians more individual freedom in the creation of their group lines and solos. This first set of songs illustrates this style at its best, some bluesy, gospel-inspired tunes that layer melodies upon melodies and really showcase collective improvisation in a way that showed Mingus' genius, starting with a tune called Monin. Enjoy. Редактор субтитров А.Семкин Корректор А.Егорова Better Get Hit In Your Soul from the album Ah Um, with Mingus on bass, Booker Irvin and Shopee Hattie on tenor, Willie Dennis on trombone, Horace Parlin on piano, and Danny Richmond on drums. Before that was Tonight at Noon from the album of the same name with Mingus on bass, Jimmy Nepper on trombone, Shopee Hattie on alto, Wade Leg on piano, and Danny Richmond on drums. And starting that set off was Monin from the album Blues and Roots with Mingus playing bass, John Handy and Jackie McLean on altos, Booker Irvin on tenor. Pepper Adams on baritone, Jimmy Nepper and Walter Dennis on trombones, Horace Parland on piano and Danny Richmond on drums. Danny Richmond was originally a ten- tenor player and was encouraged to pick up the drums by Mingus and from then on played on virtually all of Mingus' subsequent recordings and became his closest collaborator. I'd like to slow things down a bit for this next set of songs to showcase some of the beautiful, lush, full of ideas, ballads, and slower tunes that Mingus composed during this period, starting with Diane from Mingus Dynasty. Enjoy. That was Flamingo from the album Tijuana Moods with Mingus on bass, Clarence Shaw on trumpet, Jimmy Nepper on trombone, Shappy Hattie on tenor, Bill Triglia on piano, and Danny Richmond on drums. Before that was Dizzy Moods, a song that also appears on the album Tijuana Moods, presented here in the trio version from the album Mingus 3 with Mingus on bass, Hampton Hawes on piano and Danny Richmond on the drums. And starting that set off was Diane from the album Mingus Dynasty with Mingus on bass, John Handy on alto, Booker Irvin and Benny Golson on tenors, Jerome Richardson on baritone and flute, Richard Williams on trumpet, Jimmy Nepper on trombone, Roland Hanna on piano, Teddy Charles on vibes, Maurice Brown and Seymour Barab on cello, and Danny Richmond on drums. Of all the horn players in Mingus Haddon's groups, my favorite by far is the multi-instrumentalist Eric Dolphy who joined up with Mangus around this time. And so for this next set, I'd like to play a few tunes that feature Dolphy's incredible, unusual playing, starting with Prayer for Passive Resistance. Enjoy.
0: one of our audience tonight we have a special treat in store for you as a composition dedicated to all mothers and it's titled all the things you could be by now sigmund freud's wife was your mother which means sigmund freud's wife was your mother all the things you could be by now it means nothing you got it thank you one
2: one two
0: three (laughs) (laughs) you <laughs>
1: That was All the Things You Could Be If Sigmund Freud's Wife Was Your Mother from the album Charles Mingus Presents Charles Mingus with Mingus on bass, Eric Dolphy on alto, Ted Curson on trumpet, and Danny Richmond on drums. Before that was Lock em Up, The Hell View of Bellevue from the album Mingus with Mingus on bass, Ted Curson and Lonnie Hillier on trumpets, Jimmy Nepper and Britt Woodman on trombones, Charles McPherson and Eric Dolphy on altos, Booker Irvin on tenor, Paul Blay on piano, and Danny Richmond on drums. In his autobiography, Mingus describes an episode that was the inspiration for those two songs. When, feeling overwhelmed by life, he checked himself into Bellevue Mental Hospital. He includes a poem that he claims to have written there that goes like this. Blues is a man on an icy cold night, walking in eternity, sight to sight, Sutton Place or Bowery, living. No, not living. He is that memory alive, but not sharing. Living the sight that we see alive and living. Content? Why ridicule? He sleeps on armed-in pillows in spilled pee, piss splashed to the gutters, not or even not as his own knowingless leek soaks to his clothed groin and seeped on in through the clothed rest of it, smelling even in his mooched coin that is turned to paper seldom, in change for his reason, drink, life's answers to ever knowing, dare he did with women, wine, song, dance, or drug out. Old cold facts, sounds, he is of breathing, living, in-off moments of extravagant blessed love moments, all lies, lying of untruth to each other, then unfortunately coming together and hated truths of it all, inside or out, depending that is assuming he is not a she. Oh damn it all blues, screwed to the melting frozen walk of dared to embrace stone, concrete hard, Imagine soft, only to overdo erections of loneliness that turned feminine and speaks back wet warm tears not too far removed from its common denominator, iced urine melting at dared hot death that clings to life for love at the thought of some response. Be it only the clay, dirt, or pavement I behold in my drunken, fever- fevered search for a true woman's groin, wanting me as I want her, to never hate me because we found refuge of satisfaction as two drunken stones swarmed themselves side by side and outside our guttered ideas of opposite sides fucking. And starting that set off was Prayer for Passive Resistance from the album Live at Antibes with Mingus on bass, Ted Kirsten on trumpet, Eric Dolphy on alto, and Danny Richmond on the drums. Thank you so much for listening. I just saw that this podcast has reached 1,500 downloads and couldn't be happier. I really love this music and especially enjoy sharing it with people and turning people onto it and just spreading the good word about jazz in general. So if you know anybody who might enjoy this program, please spread the word. The long piece for tonight is the title track from Mingus' album The Clown and features Mingus on bass, Shaffy Hattie on Alto, Jimmy Nepper on trombone, Wade Leg on piano, Danny Richmond on drums, and incredible improvised narration about a man who wants nothing more than to make people laugh by none other than Gene Shepard, whose voice you might recognize from the movie A Christmas Story. This is the clown. Enjoy.
2: And there was this clown. And he was a real happy guy, a real happy guy. He had all these greens and all these yellows and all these oranges bubbling around inside of him. And he had just one thing he wanted in this world. He just wanted to make people laugh. That's all he wanted out of this world. He was a real happy guy. Tell you about this clown. He used to raise a sweat every night out on that stage and just wouldn't stop. That's how hard he worked. He was trying to make people
0: laugh. He
2: used to have this cute little gimmick where he had a seal follow him up and down a stepladder, blowing Columbia, the gem of the ocean on a B flat Sears Roebuck model 1322A plastic bugle. A real cute act. But they didn't laugh. Ah, you know, a few little things here and there, but not really. And he was booking out in all these tank towns, playing the Rotary Club and the Kiwanis Club and the American Legion Hall. And he just wasn't making it. And he had all these wonderful things going on inside of him, all these greens and yellows and all these oranges. He's a real happy guy. And all he wanted to do was to make people laugh. That's all he wanted out of this world, was to make people laugh. And then something began to grow, something that just wasn't good began to grow inside of this guy. trouble this clown you know little things little things once in a while would happen that would make that crowd begin to move but they were never the right things like for example the time the seal got sick on the stage all over the stage the crowd just just broke up you know little things like that and they weren't supposed to be in the act and they weren't supposed to be funny this began to trouble began to bother this little thing began to grow inside All those greens, and all those oranges, all those yellows. They just weren't as bright as they used to be. And all he wanted to do was to make that crowd laugh. That's all he wanted to do. There was this one night in Dubuque when he was playing this rotary club. All these dentists, and all these druggists, all these postmen sitting around, and they were a real cold bunch. Nothing was happening. He was leaving the stage when he stumbled over his ladder and fell flat on his face. Just flat on his face. And he stands up. He's got this bloody nose. He looks out at the crowd and that crowd is just rolling on the floor. He's just knocked them flat out. This begins to trouble him even more. And he begins to see something. He begins to see something. Редактор began to change, but really change, not the least of which our clown changed his act, bought himself a set of football pads, a yellow helmet with red stripes, hired a girl who dropped a five-pound sack of flour on his head every night from maybe 20 feet up, oh man, what a bit, that just broke him up every night, but not like the Dubuque. And all those colors, all those yellows, all those reds, all those oranges, a lot of gray in there now, a lot of blue. And all he wanted to do was to make this crowd laugh. That's all he wanted out of this world. They were laughing all right. Not like Dubuque, but they were laughing. And the dough started to come in. He was playing the big towns, Chicago, Detroit. And then it was Pittsburgh one night real fine town, Pittsburgh, you know. About three-quarters way through his act, a rope broke. Down came the backdrop, right on the back of the neck. And he went flat. And something broke. This was it. It hurt way down deep inside. He tried to get up. He looked out at the audience. And you sh- man, you should have you should have seen that crowd. It was rolling in the aisle. This was bigger than Dubuque. This was bigger than Dubuque. He really had him going. Well this was it. This was the last one. This was the last one. This was the last one He knew now Man, he really knew now Thought it was too late And all he wanted was to make this crowd laugh Well, they were laughing But now he knew That was the end of the clown and you should have seen the bookings coming man his agent was on the phone for 24 hours the palladium mca william morris but it was too late he really knew now he really knew William Morris sends regrets.